Welcome to the Oxley Bomb MotoGP podcast. Hello, everyone. Uh, here we are again, the Oxley Bomb MotoGP podcast with me, Matt Oxley, old journalist, previous racer in another life, and uh, my podcast partner, the great Peter Bomb. <laughs> Peter Bomb. Hello, everybody. Yeah, lifetime in the paddock, always data, sometimes crew chief, and now part-time journalist as well. Yeah, and basically, um, we've just been discussing before we came on air, as it, as it were, how pissed off we both are that um, just what, what we've just seen in Qatar, uh, basically, uh, I mean, MotoGP building up to probably the, the greatest championship finale for, you know, a long, 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 long time. And it's all been kind of taken away from us by a couple of shitty times. Tires, you know, um, Pekka Banyai had a bad tire in the in, in the race yesterday in the sprint. He didn't he he, he didn't say he had, but he said that you know he said it. He, <laughs> all, all riders are different in the way they talk about these things. Some some are very diplomatic, and Pekka, you know, he's such a well behaved kid. He's very diplomatic. Said we didn't change anything. You know, i.e. the only thing it could have been is 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 the tires. And um, uh, <clears throat> whereas um, Jorge Martin just we just listened to him now being interviewed just said yeah you got a shit rear tire, and it actually looked to to us to to me and. Um, Peter that he was struggling with both tires and which was yep. why he just dropped like a stone and just went backwards and I mean he was just complete sitting duck wasn't he Peter it was kind of really grim to see wasn't it oh he should not have bothered coming out of bed today so bad because first of all his start goes completely wrong and that's the only reason is not if you look at the way it went wrong it's not because he does something wrong with the clutch but his grid position was not cleaned enough there's 22 bikes on the on the grid everybody makes a more or less normal start because they cleaned the grid so well except Jorge's place so that's really really unlucky and then he, he finds out he had not only one but even two tires because for me it's okay he, he speak he spoke about the rear tire which is fully clear to see he had no drive he couldn't hold the lines but also for me I know the rear has a lot to do with corner entry, but there are some specific corners where it's just the front tire, you know, the very tight corner 10 and corner 6 where yeah. you see a lot of passes diving underneath it. He couldn't yeah. do anything there, so he had no front tire at, as well. So he was really, really unlucky. And and yesterday, Pekka also had a, sh- a shit tie, but he still finished fifth. And Jorge yeah, Martinez yeah. a shit tie, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. No, I mean, um, you know, if, if you're going to get a bad tie, you'd want it in the sprint, not in the um, in, in the Grand Prix, wouldn't you? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it kind of... I'm, I'm actually sat here drinking a beer because I'm so pissed off. I've kind of been getting so excited about, um, uh, you know, the end of the season. Um, just so looking forward to this evening's race. And then... Uh, you, you know, if somebody take, gets beaten because they, they ride a rubbish race, that, that that's fine, you know, and and that's the way it goes. But but when it when when it happens, something nothing within the guy's um, control, it's it's really grim and 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 not the way it should be, you know. And and so then we have to kind of look into why this is happening. And um, you know, when when especially for the flyaways, the tire, tires usually get shipped. As far as I know, I, I might be wrong, but generally they get shipped by sea because you don't want to be carrying tons and tons of tires. 
flies around on yep. air freight because you're going to be, be spending millions of pounds. So they're shipped around by sea, and and you know, and it's a bit like wine, really. You have to keep at a steady temperature, don't you? Is that that's is that correct, Peter? I've seen the I've seen the the procedure and got it explained, and I was really expressed uh, impressed already a couple of years ago. Michelin, they have this big oversea containers which are completely um, how you call it like conditioned air for temperature and for moisture and everything, and every tire itself uh, is not just stored or or put on top of each other. They are all in their own what do you call it, a canopy or, or something? You know, they're all like really, <laughs> really right. taken care of the way they are stored, you know, in, in, yeah. in a soft way. So they cannot, and the whole the whole container is, is really controlled for the complete environment. And then every individual tire has its own barcode and they record everything from the from the moment, the second it was manufactured until it goes into the container, how many days it was in the container, what, what were all the temperatures in the container, how many times it was heated. When it's five times heated by the team, they throw it away. When it's three times heated, it goes back to the same team, which explains some of the problems on Friday from some teams. But that's for another podcast. It, I'm, I was really impressed the way they do it. Uh, but still, there must have been something there. We either have the rear hard tire is either a very strange tire, so a tire that we haven't seen before enough. Um, but for whatever reason, the tires of Michelin were probably completely on the limit here because it's too much coincidence that yesterday Peko and now Jorge Martin, and I will not be surprised if even Marquez had a dodgy tire today because he was up and down the field in lap times and places and sometimes completely missing corners as well. Um, but this can also be a little bit that, uh, and I have to say that in defense of Michelin, we haven't done any tests on this track this year since the new surface. And we came here on Friday yeah. and everybody was puzzled and they called it a lack of grip, but it was just very, very green. Uh, and every session, I'm Almost every lap, the grip got better. And finally, already yesterday, we saw the grip was unbelievable. And if the grip is really high, Matt, it's not just very nice and you have a good acceleration, but then you work the rear tire in a way that, that, that Michelin probably never thought about it can happen. I think we were on a crazy high grip level track here, very flat and a lot of grip. So you start to work the carcass that much that even rear tires can sort of uh, build up an extra pressure because of the temperature. And then they never expected that. So the, usually you don't have pressure temperatures in the rear. That's very seldom. And I think we had it here. We've seen it here. Or at least seeing tires completely going out of the window where they should operate. So, yeah, we have Michelin tires. I don't know why they never went testing here. Uh, but anyway, the wrong rider paid the price, you know, will be very... I mean, could have been whoever, but not the two guys that fighting for the championship and they don't get the same problems. Yesterday, Peko still finished fifth. The whole today was completely fucked. Yeah, so, yeah. I think, I think as we already said, I think it's the difference between rear tyre and front and rear tyre for Martin today. And f funnily enough, I mean, um, you're not going to be listening to us talking this live, but as uh, Peter's just been talking, I've been getting all the um, uh, GP stewards tyre pressure offences coming through. So we have uh, four riders so far, and maybe more, um, who were under pressure. Uh, um, <laughs> the front tyre was under pressure. I always think of the Queen, the the, the, the Bowie, um, Freddie Mercury song when I say under pressure. But anyway. Yeah, uh, so, don't say it. <laughs> so, so um, now it's in my head. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Johan Zarco, Augusto Fernandez, Jack Miller, and Alex Marquez all under pressure. Uh, but all first offences, so no tyre, um, no, no, um, uh, no, no, no time penalties. Way, but yeah. I'm, I, I kind of, I, I, oh, you know, we've talked about this pressure thing enough. But you know, the, the the other thing I kind of think about is, 
I mean, you know, I'm not saying anything about anybody, but you know, if if I was Dorna and 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 somebody came in and said, "Oh, Ben Nair and Zarko is under pressure," I'd, I'd be kind of running down there and and kind of putting duct tape over whoever's mouth is going to go and you know reveal this to the world. You know, I'd be like, "Oh my God, we can't have this championship decided due to um, tire pressure." But no. um, you know, sadly, it seems to have been maybe decided by shit rear tires for the two main title challenges, which is a real, 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 real shame. I mean, you know, the title's not over. Um, I mean, you know, this sort of this brings us back to 2006 when, when, when you know, we went to the final race and Valentino Rossi was leading Nicky Hayden by eight points, I think, and it was just like obvious that Rossi was going to win the title, wasn't it? I mean, he was going to the last race eight eight points ahead, you know, so of course he's going to win the title. Boom. And and funny enough, I think he got a bit of a dodgy front tire and crashed, and um, Nicky Hayden won the title. Um, and also another thing that, that that makes me think of that that I that the the spin that Jorge Martin got at the start reminds me of Qatar 2004 when when Rossi's crew <laughs> went out on the night before because there was this huge problem with sand, sand yeah, it was a sandy sandy grid area so they went out with with um uh, their their pit scooter and basically um just did burnouts in in Rossi's grid slot you know to basically try and put rubber down on the on, on the get rid of the sand and just put rubber down so that he'd actually have more grip for the start and of course um a few people saw this happening in, including Sete Gibernau who was kind of a, I think a title rival at that time so he, he kind of went and told on Rossi and Rossi got sent to the back of the grid and, and crashed out of the race because he was try, riding like a yeah. maniac trying to trying to get through to the front um so yeah kind of funny how kind of things can um yeah remi- re- remind you of of past times but of course what we haven't mentioned yet is the bloke that won the race Fabio Di Gentonio uh, and what <laughs> I Antonio. I kind of just make. I just think of a sort of two-stroke when I think of Antonio. I'm, I'm not being nasty here. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just laughing at my own inability to uh, speak foreign languages. Um, but wow, fantastic! It, it's always a beautiful thing to see a new guy win a win a MotoGP race because I mean, basically, you have climbed to the summit of Everest, haven't you? Really, you know, you you spent your whole life climb slogging your way up that mountain from the age of four or five and, and finally you got there and um it's a wonderful thing to see and, yeah, and, and it was going in his case in his case it's almost like they say okay we we don't reach the top we go back ah i give it another five minutes and he's on the top because he has no seats for next year and now he wins it and he might win next week as well eh? because he really yeah, no, arrived absolutely. there like very very impressive the last couple of races it's impossible to see him without a ride next year that will be so unfair yeah yeah but i mean you know this is not a fair world is it you know <laughs> if it was fair <laughs> still you know, the, 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 the world isn't fair and murder gp certainly isn't fair you know um in all kinds of ways but it was wonderful to see him win and 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 obviously he's just been riding superbly through you know he's just been growing and growing and growing and growing and i and i, and I you know, i'm not taking anything away from his talent but i i think frankie cushady has played a lot of part oh, yeah. in in um get, getting him yeah. on the right road and i know you know that that he was Di Antonio is kind of quite an emotional guy and he was just kind of in, in tears after his first test with Shady because he was like oh my god now I know I can do it you, you know what I mean because I've got somebody who can give me what I need you know um, and, and they've just grown and grown and grown together I mean you you, you know Frankie don't you uh, Peter so you know what do you think Let, let's speak about Digi in a minute but let's speak about Frankie yeah yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I had a chat with him in Portimao at a test earlier this year. 
And he told me, because I asked him, how is it here? Because the time before I spoke with him was at Suzuki every now and then. So I, I wanted to know what uh, some, some of the things that, what is special for you coming from a Suzuki, which is the most basic, simple, but very effective bike that we almost ever seen in MotoGP, coming to Ducati, which is hugely complicated, a uh, thousand programs just to start it up, but it was quite tight-lipped. And uh, <laughs> so we had some fun. Um, he had told one of the things, but I think I said it before, he was confused or not confused. He found out that the position where Gigi was, was placed on the bike was like 14 millimeters wrong. Wow. And that was huge in his eyes. I said, I think, okay, yeah. this technology well, yeah. is really on a really high level. So they, yeah. they determine where the rider has to be in, in, if you're, if you're this long on your legs like that, blah, 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 you have to be there. And then all the calculations and all the issue settings are working because otherwise there is another variable. There are already so many different parameters on a MotoGP bike variables there. So let's take some out. Let's put the rider just there. And for, he, he, he didn't speak bad about the crew chief before, but he just said, I was really, I'm really puzzled why he put him there because that's, it was almost 40 millimeters wrong. So we, first thing I did, this. I didn't do anything special until now. He said I just go back by the book and put everything standard, everything neutral, and then try to speak with my rider, listen to him, try to learn him something. I need to learn as well. He said I learned a lot, uh, but I can't tell you because Gigi kills me if I tell you about the fucking salad box. <laughs> That's literally his <laughs> words. So you already, <laughs> I, I, I didn't need to start about the salad box. No yeah, I, I mean, okay. um, Carshady, he kind of, you know, he's a bit like, I, I mean, I always compare crew chiefs that I, that I like and I, I respect to Jeremy Burgess because, um, you know, um, I spent a lot of years kind of with JB kind of, you know, racing from when I was first in the world championships from the late eighties until he got sacked by Valentino, one of Valentino's biggest mistakes at the end of 2013. And he was always fascinating to talk to. And he was one of those sort of guys that you, you know, you'd go out to him, you know, on a Sunday evening and for a quick five minute chat. And he would tell you in one minute why everything had happened, <laughs> you know, that no one else could tell you. <laughs> he could you. bring it to it, the point in just three words. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and, and Car Shady and, and all good crew, crew chiefs are like that. They're yeah, incredibly so, pragmatic and, and they yeah. distill everything down. Yeah. They don't overcomplicate things. You know, they, they simplify things and they know how to give the rider confidence. And something that uh, uh, Di Antonio said after the race is no one, he said, you have to get, get your own confidence. No one can give it to you. But I, I kind of, I, I see his point, but at the same time, I kind of, actually, people can give you confidence by giving you a bike that does what you want right. it to do. And and, and, and then... It's a matter of and, playing with words. Yeah. Exa exactly. And yeah. yeah, and he's speaking in his second language. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not having a go at him. Yeah. But he, no, you know, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he's he's kind of um, you know, you you get somebody that really understands what you what what you need, and it's so it's not just a, being a crew chief isn't just a technical thing; it's a psychological thing. You know, you you you, you are trying to <sighs> you are all. yeah. You are yeah. trying to you are trying to massage the guy's brain basically into kind of making him do the right things and believe the right things and so on. And I, and I think Carl Shady is obviously very good at that as well, and also very good at the technical side. But yeah, I mean, yeah, as you say, it'll be a tra tragedy if um, Digi Antonio doesn't get a ride next year. But I mean, you know, it's a it's a horrible, nasty, brutal world, MotoGP. You know, it it, re it really is, and and that's one reason I love it because it's kind of it's kind of like you know it's it's like a well it's the, the quote I've always come back to is George 
George Orwell, you know, the author of 1984 and all that, saying it's like it's good sport is, well, professional sport is like war without the shooting. And, um, you know, yeah. it's that's the whole <laughs> point of it. It's, it's, meant to be, it's meant to be pretty crazy, you know. Um, so, I mean, now now we go to Valencia. Um, uh, the weather will be good next week, which is a relief. But the kind of the fizz has gone out of the title because it's hard to see um, uh, Jorge Martin t- taking 21 points. Or 22, he'll need to take 22 out of him, I think, won't he? Uh, 22 points out of um, uh, Banyaya next weekend. It's just very, very hard to see that happening unless something very strange happens. But I mean, you know, you last know, year was a bit like that. I went with Fabio and Peko there, and I didn't feel the proper excitement. You know, it was just you were just you don't want to miss the race because you just want to see if nothing goes really wrong. Because if something really goes wrong, then it's probably open. So you just see Peko. You know, doing the laps and make, becoming world champion. So you, you yeah. don't want to miss it in case, but it's not like I really need to see how the championship gets decided. No, not at all. That that was done sure. today, and yeah, not yeah. in the nicest way. No, real, real shame, real shame. But the, um, I, I, and I'm there, looking there, is, there are some people I want to talk about today. Oh, sorry, Matt, yeah? No, no, you go on. Go on. Oh, because you're already in Valencia, but I need to speak about one, two people as well from today that that, uh, <laughs> that at least I put a, a mark behind their name on, on the list. You spoke about nice guys, Fabi Gin Antonio. Zarco was being very nice as well. And, uh, you know, he was just being the wingman for Jorge Martin, coming backwards with him, trying to protect him all the time. And he's already going to Honda. He's leaving the Pramac team. He doesn't do that for Ducati. He does He does that for the Pramac team, for Jorge's chances. So big respect for that. Big sportsman. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. It didn't help a lot. It didn't help enough. And the other guy I need to speak about, because last week, you and me were raving about him, Enea Bastianini. Yeah. So he was a much under the radar all weekend until the race, until the last couple of laps. Then finally, the coiny, how you, how you say that, the penny drops in England, in, in, in yep, British? Yep. Uh, because drops, yeah. unbelievable. You see, from the last five laps, he three times made, uh, again, the best race lap and he proved on it, improved on it. He did a 52.9 in one of his last laps. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Race was, yeah, yeah, yeah. until that, just as fast yeah. as yesterday, which is for a long race already special. So it was not a tire conservation race. And then suddenly he went three tenths faster than three or four tenths faster than the next fastest lap. So he really, he really started to click suddenly with the track and the bike and, and the rear brake and the engine brake strategy. And I think the reason that he, that it took so long for him, everybody had problems. We arrived Friday on a track that was like, no, 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 no grip and blah, 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 blah. And suddenly Saturday the grip came and it never stopped. It just improved, improved, improved all the time. So, you know, that's very hard for the rider when you're just found your mojo on the bike and just learn new things. It's easy to get to get distracted, but it was good to see Enea Bastianini in the end. He finished eight um, on just eight seconds from the winner. That's not too far off. So, but his couple of lap times in the last, the last couple of laps are really, really important and interesting for that. Yeah. And yeah, then right. the next guy, I need to roast somebody and it's Maverick Vinales this time because <laughs> I don't want to speak about Alais Espargaro. He wasn't uh, that important today. And I don't know if you want to say something about the incident, but Maverick Vinales was so disappointing or frustrating for me because all weekend he was a lot better than Alais. He showed what was possible with, uh, with Aprilia. He should have finished second or third at least today. And everybody in Aprilia knows this. And where he ends up, he's fought. He just, the, the guy can't overtake. If he's not no. on a bike that is two seconds faster than everybody else, he cannot overtake. Because no. when you see him trying to overtake, you just get scared. Because he does it, everything wrong. He goes in way too early, really deep and from too far. And then suddenly changes his mind. So he enters on the back wheel of the other guy beside his back. But it's always very scary to see him. 
is only a couple of times in his life, and that's maybe once in a year. Yeah, no, no, and that, and, that, and he, we saw him do it so many times a day. You think, oh, he's definitely going to go past here, definitely, uh, you know, and then suddenly, no, nah, he's not. He's, he's just, he's just lacks that last. He kind of, like you say, he starts the maneuver <sighs> and never finishes it. But, but in doing that, never not finishes. only does he fail, but not only in doing that, not only does he fail to overtake the guy, he also screws himself up. Uh, everything's and dangerous. Loses time. Yeah, so. Yeah. so you, you, yeah. you, you know, and, and he just keeps repeating the same thing time and time and time again. And it's and it's like, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? You know, I mean, you know. It's still a little bit Moto3, yeah, Matt, because he's right on somebody's wheel. And if you're already on somebody's wheel, you're not going to outbreak him because you cannot exit some corner faster than him and be on his inside. So, sure. But when he passed and he had the track alone, it was best lap, best lap, best lap. He started to do 53-2, 53-3, 52-2. That was already faster than the top guys. They were already doing fours and fives. So frustrating because he's such a talent. And when he's fast, like, okay, he wasn't a lot on television today, but when he did his lap times, it's a beautiful thing to see him. But it's so frustrating to see a guy that's almost never able to to overtake and to, to gain places in the first couple of laps. So, yep, that's Maverick Fialis today. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, if 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 he was in a world championship where where he didn't have to share the track with anybody else, he would be, he would definitely be world champion, wouldn't he? You know, he likes a clear track in front of him, and and, He's and world sadly, in testing anyway. yeah, exactly because because in testing, you know, you go out and exactly, yeah. you go out on a clear track, and off you go, and you and and wow, you just use your talent to ride the motorcycle, and but racing isn't only about you know you you've got to have a bit of a, a an attack mentality about you, and you've got to be prepared to take some risks at the right point. And he never really seems to be able to put himself in that position where where where, where you can do that. Um, go, going back to, I'm going to write about it in my blog, so I don't want to go on about it too much here. But I kind of going back to Alicia Spargro, who obviously had that very unfortunate incident with Franco Morbidelli yesterday. I'll talk, I'll write about it more in my blog. But uh, you know what? What you know, without a doubt, you know, he, obviously he was completely wrong, completely 100 percent, well, 500 percent wrong. Um, and it was a bit ugly and blah, blah, blah. But what Icolecuona did in quali- in Q1 when he screwed up Bastianini, Bastianini yeah. was on his way to go through to Q2, wasn't he? Exactly. So this destroyed... That, that basically fucked his whole weekend. This this yeah. destroyed Bastianini's race. Um, he he, he yeah. would have been... He would have been right out the front if he'd if he'd gone through the Q2 and qualified, yeah. you know, on the second row, maybe. Yeah, the everything is different. Yeah, but 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 not only that. What Lecuona did, being on the line, going very slowly, is way more dangerous than what Alish did. You know, it's not as he wasn't as badly behaved as as Alish, but no, actually no, no. what he did was much more dangerous. You know, there's nothing more dangerous in, in racing than closing speed. You know, if you've got one guy doing 100 miles an hour and another guy doing 140 miles an hour, that's not good. You know, and they're kind of trying to use the same bit of racetrack. So I just, you know, the stewards, I'm thinking, oh, I, how can you not see that? You know, we, we all want riders to behave better, but what we really want them is to stay alive. You know what I mean? So I, I just think that the, the kind yeah, of it's not the, stu- the, 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 the way the stewards dealt with that was was very strange. I mean, I I, I would have I would have given a, I hate it when I see people cruising on the line and right in front of somebody fast. I mean, that is just that is how people die. You know, I mean, not 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 wanting to be too dramatic, but that's kind of how it can happen. You know, and and you're a professional motorbike racer. You know, you've only got one job. You know, you should not do that. You know, and I know <laughs> riders slow down looking for a toe and stuff, but this was. Be- this was different because he just wasn't looking behind it, you know, and, 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 yeah. and, and there is no excuse. Eh? If it's Portimao, no. it's hard because you look, you look back, you see a mountain, you can't see them coming, but this is Qatar. It's 
is flat and there's nothing else in the desert. So if there's a bike, you will notice. So Ikelekawana was was really, really wrong. But the thing with Frankie, what I what I think I what I think happened, how I saw the accident is that Frankie was too slow on the perfect line. And he should have mind my words, he should have noticed that Alice was left on his back wheel. Nevertheless, he, he decided to turn in on the on the line. And then Alice really had to make a panic breaking. He blocked the rear. Um, so yeah, Morbidelli 2 was too slow on, on, on a good line. Um, sure. But the reaction from Alice is... Uh, well, you can look at it from different, different points of view. It's clear how race direction looks at it. You have to be the perfect son-in-law. I don't give a shit. I don't care. You know, no. if it's a smack on the helmet, that's nothing. That's just that's just something to make some some to make a point. But you don't try. It's not some grabbing somebody's front brake or you know or hitting him with, with your feet or with your legs on the fairing. That's another thing. It's just making yeah. really clear that you're angry with his behavior. Ten thousand euro is nothing for allies. But if race direction give these penalties for this type of behavior. They have to be a little bit careful, in my opinion, because then it's easy to be hypocritical as well. Eh? Because now yeah. suddenly you're you're raising moral standards. Uh, hmm, not so sure, sure if we should. Yeah. I mean, it's it's bike racing, and like you said, it's war. There's just no bullets. Yeah, yeah I, 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 think... I don't mind a lot seeing that. I didn't mind a lot. No, I mean, I mean, without a doubt, he deserved a penalty. Without a doubt, because he did something wrong. But I, I, yeah, I think a lot of people. I'm glad you agree with. Uh, you think the same way. I think a lot of people kind of freak out about it too much. You know, the, the the thing is that these guys are all out of their mind on adrenaline. I mean, if you've ever raced, you get these moments of red mist where you just basically go insane. I mean, it's it's kind of like road road rage, but te, you know, ten times worse than road rage. You know, and 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 obviously you're a professional rider, so you shouldn't you shouldn't do it. But it, but it happens. You know, and like you say, he didn't knock him off his motorcycle. He didn't grab his front brake. You know, he shouldn't have done it. I'm I'm not saying he 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 did or you know he shouldn't have been punished or whatever but you know it's just a warning it's all it's it's, it's very dramatic and so on but it wasn't dangerous with what whereas what Lecuona did yeah. was dangerous right. you know and 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 you know to me you know good manners bad manners all right yeah but they're not as important as as safety and danger you know so yeah I mean I just um, I don't really understand what the stewards do a lot of the time really I I I, I yeah I I. I I don't think I could do many jobs better than the people that do it, but I could. I probably wouldn't be a very good dustman, but I think I could be a, a reasonable FIM steward. I, I hear they stay in very nice hotels. Anyway, we're going to get ourselves into trouble. Are you jealous? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just laughing at going to get ourselves into trouble. I, I always seem to be getting myself into trouble at the moment, but there you go. That's just because we, um, Peter and yeah, I like to everybody say Everybody has his how it is, and 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 I was very impressed with Jorge Martin just just saying it was a shit tire, and um, you know I I, I kind of like that kind of don't give a fuck thing. Yeah, he said shit yeah. literally. Yeah, no, it's just not, and, yeah, not just I, your word. He said it. Yeah. No, no, no. Exactly. He yeah, and I kind of like that don't give a fuckness. You know. So you know, obviously the riders are not meant to slag off the tires, just as they're not allowed meant to slag off their bikes. You know. You know, if you ride for Honda and you slag off the Honda, they won't like it. If you ride a Michelin and slag off the Michelin, they won't like it. And so there was all these kind of unwritten rules that you know you shouldn't say stuff and blah blah blah. I mean, some championships they have actually fines for riders that that, that slag off the spec tires 
has. But I, I, I just like it when a rider just says exactly what he thinks. You know, I, I hate it when people kind of get political and try to hide the truth in sort of in, in sort of polite language. You know, I mean, as Banyai did yesterday, but he he made it so obvious. You know, he he, he said I had a shit tire, just but he just didn't say I had a shit tire. You know, um, it's all those kind of weird little. Um, wow, he was very confident yeah. hey, yesterday when he explained that he was very very confident. Yeah. He wasn't too worried. He knew how normally I'm fast. We don't touch the bike. We just put the new tire in and cross our fingers and tomorrow we're better and we are better. Yeah, but yeah. there's another guy we need to speak to as well because yeah. now we're speaking on characters, Marco Pesecchi. Yeah. And not because of his performance, unfortunately, but the, the incident with the other Espargaro. That was fucking funny. <laughs> Yeah, that was the what? best thing that happened in the weekend. That, that, what was that in? in <laughs> was that in, in? That was Friday afternoon or Friday morning or evening or afternoon. Let's get so confusing in Qatar. Um, so if if any of you didn't see it, <laughs> Paul Espargaro and um, Marco Bezzecchi had a bit of a disagreement. They were kind of I can't remember who passed who badly, but then they were just kind of just screwing with each other. And then the, when they came around to do practice starts, <laughs> Bezzecchi just rode up behind Paul Espargaro and rammed him Not six times. Time. Not Two times, <laughs> and and you know, I'm glad he didn't get a, 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 a you know a stewards thing for that because yeah, I thought exactly. he might because for fuck's sake you know it does you know these guys like I say they're they're mainlining on adrenaline they're out of their minds on adrenaline they're really angry they're trying to kill each other basically out there you know and so yeah that was funny wasn't it it was great I really enjoyed it and it was just a misunderstanding yeah because they both the session was ended they go into turn one close throttle and Marco is looking a lot a long time over it over to the left probably there's a tower there with the position of the session and when he looked in front of him and he was nearly hitting Paul. So Paul see him coming, had to stand up and thinking, fuck, you did it on purpose. What are you doing? We come into turn two and Paul dives underneath him, pushes him wide. And that's how the story started. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was nothing actually. So, But it's just the way Marco spoke about it was very funny. And also he went straight to Paul to say, oh, I didn't mean anything bad. I want excuse I nearly hit you and I just want to make fun with you. But it looked like he was just, you know, winding yeah, him yeah, up, yeah, winding yeah. him up, see what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I, I kind of think, you know, that, um, you know, the MotoGP gets more and more stressful in all kinds of ways. And, um, and, and then when the riders react in a bad way to something, they get punished. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think, what, you know, one of the reasons everybody's so stressed and on, on the rev limiter is, is because of the pressure they're under, the amount of races, the amount of rounds, the tightness of the championship, blah, 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 on and on and on and on and on, the amount of work yep. they have to do, that they're all kind of on, on the rev limiter of, of losing their minds, basically. And um, obviously, Elish kind of lost his mind yesterday. But, you know, really, yeah, I mean... It was, a, it was a shame it had to be Morbidelli because Morbidelli is kind of like the Buddhist of the grid, isn't he? Basically, the he, he, he's, he's so the coolest, cool. and I really, really <laughs> like him. And I really, really like, I really like Alish as well. I mean, you know, oh yeah, I love listening to him. But eh? these things, ha shit happens. Shit happens, yeah. you know. But yeah, shit happens. You know, you know, no, 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 nobody died. Who cares? You know. The interesting thing with Franco Morbidelli is that it's Frankie who told us one or two weeks ago when it was about riders getting a little bit nasty with one another on the track and all the pressure and even in free, free practice one, we already, ah, that was because of the Tau incident with Marc Marquez. He said yeah. in the good old days, the days of his mentor, Valentino, <clears throat> there was like a no respect zone and that's just the last three laps of the race. Everything else is more or less cool. Not anymore. Mm -hmm. The end of the pit lane, start of free practice one, uh, we have no French. And that's a big change, he said. So, yeah. And now he was involved in it. But he was, in my opinion, wrong. 
and he tried to cool the lights down. But Frankie is really cool. Eh? I mean, you can't you can't imagine yeah. him getting upset for anything. You know, I think he yeah. can lose the world championship by Michelin tire and not getting upset, probably. You know, so that's quite an extreme opposite of Alais. Alais is easy on fire. He needs the smaller spark, and he's screaming in, yeah. in the rebel all, all, all the time. And you, you know, you, you've got to love all the different characters. You know, everybody's a lot of people on social media pouring, pouring hate on Alicia Spargo. Like, you know, okay, so he he whacked him on the helmet, just like we've seen loads of other people whack people on, on helmets. You know, um, and yeah, you know, t- to me, it's all part of the drama. You know, and, and 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 like you just said, that all these people are, you know, it's it's tougher than it's ever been, and 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 you know, we're we're it's, it's been, you know, we're in the sixth sixth race from no five, fifth race from six weekends, you know, all, all all on three four different continents. I mean, for fuck's sake, these people are being pushed to the limit, you know. Well, I think they're being pushed yep. beyond the limit, to be honest. And 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 then the FIM stewards get all like, oh look at him behaving badly it's like well maybe think about why these people are behaving badly because they're being put under too much pressure that would be my way of looking at it anyway when we had brad binder last week because uh, last week when darren binder grabbed for the front brake and nobody was there for turn one in malaysia and he had to jump ship first thing i thought okay i i, I hope it's not true but if it's a mistake from the team it has to do with the, with the travel schedule with the pressure with on and on and on and on at some at some point you don't even know which country you are let alone in which hotel you know you just on and on and on but brakes you touch the brakes a lot eh? the teams are working constantly on something from the brakes the normal maintenance is crazy on these things so it's so so often you open them close them adjust them do something on it and if one of these of these these things you need to do you know it's break so something went yeah. wrong there and, yeah, and, and, and first thing i thought and that's already bad that's a, that is the first thing that goes through my mind when i saw that yeah yeah well i mean i mean you know for for some months we've been going on about you know how how you, you know i feel worse for the mechanics from them for the riders for the stress and the pressure of yep. all these races because Especially you know the, ride, the motor two motor three yeah yeah, yeah, because most of them they don't, they don't fly business class. They're not in the front of the plane. No, they they, they fly economy. They get a jet lag. They don't get any sleep. And not the shortest route. Eh? They go over the complete world because it's twenty euro cheaper. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I tell and, you. And, and, and yeah, you've been there. Um, so yeah, and they're under much more pressure in a way than the riders because well, not under much more pressure, but they 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 have to work harder over longer hours. You know, the riders can if they feel tired, they can go for a lie down for an hour and get a bit of kit. The mechanic can't just you know in the middle of practice say, "Oh, I'm feeling." bit tired and i need to lie down you know and, and they're all out their minds on jet lag and so on so a bit, that's a bit, very interesting point actually at valencia we should go and ask uh, darren binder's um crew of course they probably won't Ooh, tell us the truth it's very very <laughs> sensitive be careful what you ask yeah. <laughs> even yeah, if it's true yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. tell well, you may, may, maybe um maybe there's a way to find out we'll 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 give it a go yeah, yeah i speak half, to brembo we fun. will try that's yeah half the fun. that's half the fun all right everyone we've rambled on a bit uh, but i hope you enjoyed it uh, we enjoyed it, it as always and um, shame that we were, we're not looking forward to a fantastic finale next weekend. But you never know. You never know what will happen. So um, thanks for listening. Thanks for thanks to Peter for joining me. And thanks to, to Sam, our producer, as always. And uh, we'll be back next Sunday, hopefully with an interesting story from, um, from Valencia. Cheers, everyone. Bye-bye.